Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hello? Steph, hey, it's Luke. Hey, Luke. Hey, I don't know if you heard on last week's episode, but I was talking to my friend Aaron about how this whole COVID-19 shelter-in-place thing feels a whole lot like getting grounded when we were kids. And you, like him, (laughs) strike me as someone who probably got grounded a lot. And so I was curious, like, Mm. what's the last thing you remember being grounded for? Oh, I can't say. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) I... It's really bad. That's like okay. really, I'm okay. really bad. I'm okay with that. I am not. I am not. I, in fact, I'm blushing right now and I'm alone. Okay. So. Well, then let me, let me ask you this instead. I'll ask you what I asked Aaron. What was your like go-to pastime when you were grounded? I wrote really dark poetry. Yep. That sounds and about right. I also would sometimes like pierce an ear or do something really weird to my hair or, and I also just listen to all the sad music. None of that seems different than when you weren't grounded to me. Oh, I mean, yeah, basically. What was it again that you got grounded for? I'm not going to tell you. I can tell you the second worst thing I got. Okay. Well, I mean, I think I already told this story that I got grounded for taking my friend's mom's car. Yes. And getting in a wreck. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I told that story already. Yeah. That was the second worst thing, I guess. Oh, I wasn't asking for the worst. I was asking for the last one that you remember being grounded. Well, the last one was the worst. I think my mom gave up after that. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. Well, that's all I need. She was like, mama tried. (laughs) Hey, I hope you're being safe and healthy out in Wharton, Texas. You too, my friend. I miss you. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. From Milieu Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 2, Episode 17, Country Stars and Celebrity Environmentalists. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, April 28, 1990. Welcome, friends, to another episode of 30 Pop. I consider it such a privilege to sit down each week behind this microphone and ramble on for a few minutes about all the nostalgic and often cringy pop culture goodness from 30 years ago. So thank you, as always, for joining me on the journey. It'll be a fairly short journey this week, as the Billboard charts were, with only one exception, identical to last week, with every top singles chart that we track on this show holding steady in the number one spot. The only place we saw any movement was, as I mentioned last week, on the top album chart, where Sinead O'Connor's I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got ended the reign of Bonnie Raitt's Nick of Time after three weeks. O'Connor will hold the number one spot for the next six weeks, which is one of the longer runs we've seen so far on this show, but only a fraction of what the next number one album will do. I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got went double platinum in the U.S., sold over 7 million copies worldwide, and in 2012 appeared on Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list, which is impressive considering that list is wildly biased towards male artists from the 60s and 70s. 
She also garnered four Grammy nominations for the record, one of which she won, but all of which she declined in classic Sinead O'Connor anti-establishment fashion. Other music news from this week, on April 25, 1990, at the historic Pantages Theater in Hollywood, California, the 25th Annual Academy of Country Music Awards were held, celebrating the musical accomplishments of country artists in 1989. The big winners for the evening were George Strait, who won the award for Entertainer of the Year, obviously, Kathy Matea and Mary Chapin Carpenter, who won Top Female Vocalist and Top New Female Vocalist, respectively, Clint Black, who won Top Male Vocalist, Top New Male Vocalist, Album of the Year, and Single of the Year, Restless Heart, who won Top Vocal Group, and The Judds, who won Top Vocal Duo for the sixth of seven consecutive years. As a kid, I'm sure I couldn't have cared less about these awards if I knew they were happening at all, as I genuinely hated country music. Ironically, though, today, while I still don't care for most new country music with a couple notable exceptions, I'm looking at you, Casey Musgraves, I do really enjoy old country, like George Strait, Clint Black, and the Judds. I've always been particularly fond, however, of Alabama, who won, rightfully, Artist of the Decade a year earlier at the 24th Annual ACM Awards. And I like them even more so now since they've distanced themselves from the Confederate flag, which used to feature prominently in all their branding, even going so far as to contractually disallow its use in any promotional materials associated with their music over the last several years. In movie news, the number one film at the box office for the second time around after taking a backseat to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a month was Julia Roberts and Richard Gere's charming romantic comedy Pretty Woman, about a high-powered corporate raider from New York City, Gere, who falls in love with a Los Angeles street corner prostitute, Roberts, who he hires to pretend to be his girlfriend during his week-long stay in the Hollywood Hills. If that's not romance, then I don't know what is. Another film you could have seen in theaters this week in 1990 was the corny sci-fi comedy Spaced Invaders, which released on April 27th, about a group of four-foot-tall English-speaking Martians who pick up a Halloween radio broadcast of Orson Welles' War of the Worlds and, mistaking it for an actual news report, land their spaceship in rural, imaginary Big Bean, Illinois, with hopes of joining in on the invasion, only to be mistaken as trick-or-treaters by all the locals. I posted a snarky comment on the 30 Pop social media account this week about how this movie wasn't even funny by 1990s standards and questioning whether anyone remembers actually liking this movie, only to find out my friend and regular 30 Pop listener Derek does. So I decided to give the movie a second chance and sit down and watch it this week. It's free on YouTube after all, so why not? I made it just under 19 minutes before I realized my instincts were right and turned it off. This movie is at least as terrible, perhaps even more terrible than I remembered. It's very dumb. Sorry, Derek, I tried. Speaking of outer space, just a few days earlier, on April 24, 1990, NASA's STS-31 mission successfully deployed the Hubble Space Telescope into orbit, which has been floating around up there, sending back the most unbelievable high-resolution images of outer space ever since. The telescope is expected to last another 10 or 20 years in orbit, although its successor, the James Webb Space Telescope, is scheduled to be launched in March of next year. Because, I suppose, you can simply never have too many telescopes in space. Back on Earth, on April 22nd, was the most 1990 pop culture event one could ever imagine, featuring this all-star cast of Hollywood's top A-list celebrities at the time, in alphabetical order. Dan Aykroyd, Candace Bergen, Mayim Bialik, Jonathan Brandis, James Brolin, Downtown Julie Brown, the MTV VJ, 
Bugs Bunny, Chevy Chase, Kevin Costner, Rodney Dangerfield, Gina Davis, Dana Delaney from the TV show China Beach, Danny DeVito, Michael Douglas, E.T., Jane Fonda, Morgan Freeman, Will Smith, then credited as Fresh Prince, Neil Patrick Harris, Heavy D, Dustin Hoffman, Ice-T, Magic Johnson, Quincy Jones, Michael Keaton, Kid and Play, Christopher Lloyd, Jack Lemmon, Melanie Mayron from the TV show 30-something, Bette Midler, Dennis Miller, Rick Moranis, The Muppets, Edward James Olmos, Rhea Perlman, Porky Pig, Queen Latifah, Harold Ramis, Coach Pat Riley, Dr. Carl Sagan, Martin Short, Meryl Streep, Barbara Streisand, Donna Summer, Tone Loke, Alex Trebek, Tweety Bird, Robin Williams, and the casts of Cheers, The Cosby Show, The Dating Game, The Golden Girls, and Married with Children. The Earth Day Special, celebrating the 20th anniversary of Earth Day. I remember this event like it was yesterday. It was such a big deal, and I'm so happy to say this is also on YouTube in its entirety. I've included a link in the show notes, and I highly recommend you go watch it. It's so remarkably 1990. If you're not motivated simply by my recommendation, at least go read the plot synopsis on Wikipedia, also linked in the show notes, and see if that doesn't convince you. It's pretty great. Friends, that's it for this week. We've got a very full episode next week, though, so I hope you'll join me again. Huge thanks before I go to the fine folks who partner with me in making this show over on Patreon. Folks like Matt Broadus, Mitch Mitchell, and Diane Prokop. This show wouldn't be possible without them. If you're interested in partnering with me and producing this and about a dozen other Milieu Media Group podcasts for as little as $1 a month in exchange for all kinds of bonus content and behind-the-scenes access, you can do so at the Patreon link in the show notes. And if you do, know that I will be unendingly grateful for it. Have a fantastic week, friends. Stay safe out there. And until next week, remember, I will survive. I'm just a rock floating around the sun. It's you I'm worried about. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1990 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. 